Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If there's one common thread, it might be that men perceive church as too feminine. We have to be aggressive in the world when it's appropriate. We are warriors. One, two, three. Warriors! You are a real man when you commit to study God's word and you commit to being conformed and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's the biblical perspective on being a man. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's Witness Wednesday asking young people the question, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? Because, well, I don't think they've thought about it very much. And if they have, I think it'll probably reveal what's going on inside of their heart. I mean, what's what's happening in there? Okay, if you're an atheist and you're listening, what question would you ask God? I know you don't believe that he exists, but if you could ask him a question, what would it be? Chances are that probably points a pretty accurate finger at what your problem is with God. If it's evil in the world, that probably needs to get figured out for you, and it needs to get answered. Now, I happen to think that the Bible answers the question on evil. I think it answers the question why. I think it's the only story that answers the question why. At least, a hopeful story. Hey, I wonder what they're filming here. This is fascinating. Looks like the news crews are here. Huh. They get to set up and record. We don't. I have to slink around here like a criminal. Huh. I wonder what... What sort of papers they got? Oh, this is funny. I'm by the student center at Georgia Tech, and it's very typical campus. And I've described this 50 times before, that there's this circular area. There's a fountain in the middle of it, and people sit and eat lunch. But you can't do open-air preaching there. Instead, about, eh, let's call it 50 yards away, there's another smaller circular area built like kind of an amphitheater. And... At the place where you'd sit and eat lunch where you can't do open-air preaching, eh, there's probably about 40 kids sitting there. This is the first time I've seen anyone at the open-air area. Thanks for allowing us a place to do free speech, Georgia Tech. There's a young man who's eating a bowl of something. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to climb up the stairs and ask him a question because I like doing it with when people have food in their mouth. Hey, young man, I'm doing well, thank you. I don't want to wreck your lunch, so keep eating, okay? But I want to ask you a question on the radio. Are you up for the game? Sure. Dude, I got one question I want to ask you. If you could ask God one question, what would it be? How did the universe start? Really? Mm -hmm. Hmm. How do you think it started? Well, if God does exist and if he does have an answer, I'll be willing to know. Uh, But I... I think people just theorize about how it started. They say it's by chance, which I do believe. No. So, but if there's any other theory, you'd be open. Mm-hmm. Um, how's about he made it? Doesn't mean I'll accept it. But right, right, right. Okay, so how's about the answer? He made it. He's bigger than the universe. He's got the power. He's got the ingenuity. He made it. How's that? Well, I find that we use God to explain things we don't really understand. Could be. So Fill in the gaps. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess I would need proof. How's about everything that he's made, all the stuff? The proof is we're sitting on it. We're looking at it. We're breathing it. But how do you know it was he who made it? How do you know that this is all by chance? 
Well, the same way that I look at your sesame chicken. Is that what you're eating? Yes, it is. Sesame chicken. It actually looks pretty good. There's a lot of chicken in that. Okay. The same way that I know that your sesame chicken didn't come together by chance, I know. I didn't even go into the kitchen where they made that, and I would bet my life that somewhere there's a chef who put that together and put it in a bowl. I would bet my life on it, and I've never even seen them. But I know that they exist because I have the proof in the end product. Same thing with creation. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt there's a creator because there's an organized creation. What do you think of that? But you don't have proof for the creator. The creation. But the creation doesn't always justify the creator. When doesn't it? Well... Okay, I'll, do, I'll try a scientific experiment, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm guessing you're kind of a science guy, right? Sort of. Sort of? Mm-hmm. Okay. You got about... Uh, you, we could either take that rice out of that bowl or some of those sesame seeds. And I would... I'd bet money again if I had any. If we took, let's say, 50 pieces of that rice and we lined it up on the stoop here, right in a row, neatly in a row, and we brought anybody on this campus up here and pointed that out to them, you know what they're going to say? Who did that? I don't think anybody would say, oh, random chance, rice got together and lined itself up like that. We intuitively know when something is organized and structured and designed, there's a designer. Sort of like when you look at a painting, you immediately know, ah, there's a painter. I don't need to meet the fella. I see the result on the canvas. And the same thing is true with creation. I got all the proof I need. Somebody put this thing together, because here it is. But would you call the universe structured? Oh, yeah. And amazing. I'd call us structured. I'd call these green plants here structured. I'd call that broccoli in your bowl structured. It's amazing. I'd call the eyes that can actually see that stuff and the brain that can figure it out and interpret it amazingly structured. Don't you think we're organized? That is, yes, I do think so. I don't think that we came from structured things. I think, how did life start? I wasn't really structured. Oh, so... It became structured once it actually got started. Well, but you've grown, but it doesn't mean you're not structured. Even when you came together, sperm and egg, that's still structured. You just became bigger. Yeah, but that's not, I'm talking about like bacterial life, like in the beginning of life. Yeah. That was well, all. Our, the, the only thing the about that is we don't seem to have a single example of something that's less complex becoming more complex with additional information being added all by itself to become more sophisticated. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, that would be counter to our laws of physics. We don't go from disorder to order. We go from order to disorder. Let me try something out. What are you studying here at Georgia Tech? Mm, I'm studying mechanical engineering. Where are you from, by the way? Costa Rica. Yeah, you've got just a, just a touch of an accent. Yeah, but I couldn't quite pick it up. Okay, what's your first name so I don't... Jose. Jose, nice to meet you. Let me, let me try this with you. All right, let me try your conscience. Let me go around your intellect and let's see if we can hit your conscience. Do you know what your conscience is? something that's there but I'm not always aware of it the thing that tells you uh oh I'm doing something wrong here Mm. that's the thing that it's the courtroom in your mind that tells you that was bad alright I want to try to get to your your conscience for a second alright Jose would you consider yourself to be a good person well you have to define good okay fair enough how's about ten commandments good No. No. Because you've lied, I'm guessing. 
Among other things, yeah. Among other things. <laughs> Stealing, perhaps? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dishonoring your parents by being naughty as a child? I don't think my parents would call... I think their honor depends on what I necessarily do in my private life. Well, whether it's private or public... It depends on culture. Yeah. Well, when you lie, that doesn't honor your parents. Or when they maybe told you to make your bed and you didn't do it. Anytime you were a naughty child, then you'd be dishonoring them. Yeah. Okay. All right, what about blasphemy, taking God's name in vain? Instead of swearing or using a four-letter filth word, you use God's name to express disgust. Have you ever done that? Not, not to express disgust, but maybe surprise, yes. Okay, whatever, but not to praise him, certainly. Um, well, I don't... I'm not going to say I deny that God exists. Uh-huh. But uh, I know there's something, some supernatural power between humans and a connection between everything. But I'm not necessarily sure that there's a creator. Uh, it's God. All right. You know, I know that I know there's something, but I don't know what it is. I don't think many of us know what it is. Okay. Have you ever whether here on campus or any place else, have you ever looked at a woman with lust, with sexual desire? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay, so I just asked you four commandments. Mm-hmm. And you've broken them, all right? So let's say you die, and right. you meet the Creator, and He's the one who wrote the commandments. Mm-hmm. You've broken His laws. Mm-hmm. Would He find you innocent or guilty? Oh, guilty. Guilty. All right, so if you're guilty, I'll say, and God is holy and he's righteous and he's just very important he's just mm-hmm. should he send you to heaven or to hell well considering heaven and hell exists as opposed to hell yeah, yeah. because you've broken his laws and he owns you because he made you and he has rights to you what do you know about hell I know it's or I believe it's a creation to make humans try to live righteous lives. Is it a good place or a bad place? It's generally described as a bad place. Yeah. What goes on there? Do you have any idea? Well, I, there's many theories of what hell is. Yeah. There's Dante's Inferno, but generally it means everlasting punishment. Mm-hmm. Black, completely dark, can't see your hand in front of your face. Thirsty, or lots of fire, thirst, yeah. lots of fire, weeping, mm-hmm. grinding your teeth because you're so miserable. A bottomless pit, so you always feel like you're falling and you never get to the bottom of it. A bad place, right? Mm-hmm. Huh. That does not sound like a a fun end to life for me. No, but how do you know there's life after death? Yeah. How do you know you just don't die and that's it? Yeah, because my conscience tells me there should be a day of reckoning. Jose, hold that thought. Keep eating your food. i got to take a break, okay? Okay. All right, we'll be back in just a moment with Jose and Sesame Chicken Recipes on Wretched Radio. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching 
church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org Bible, wretched.org Bible to join the Master's Academy International. Question, are you tired of the same old boring TV shows? Well, there is something that's not like anything else on Christian TV. It's Transform, and it's back for season number two. You get to be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions, tackling issues like depression, anxiety, OCD, and others. These are real people with real issues being offered real solutions by our hosts, Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson. So if you're looking for something different, you know, a show that glorifies God and demonstrates the sufficiency of His Word, then Transform is for you. It's a -a one-of-a-kind production that provides the hope and relief that only the Bible can give. The world is full of hurting people, even Christians, and many are completely unaware of biblical counseling and the answers it can provide. So join us for Transform Season 2, the show that will transform your walk with Christ and leave a profound and lasting impact on your life. Get your hands on it now and also consider grabbing the Sunday School curriculum for your church. You can find it at transform.org or the Wretched Store at wretched.org. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds. 54,000 babies were saved. 69 ultrasound machines were placed. 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with Preborn. Please consider supporting Preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. The first name given to God is Elohim in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Elohim is a plural noun, but the verb created is singular. God is plural in personhood, but singular in being. The Creator God is the triune Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. All right, dude, here's where we left things off. All right. You're a young man. You are 20 years old? 19. 19 years old. You die. God judges you, knows that you're guilty. You've broken the laws and sends you to a terrible place. That is horrible news. Do you have any idea what the good news of the gospel is? Do you know what that is? Really? What's Costa Rica? Is it Roman Catholic? Catholic, Mostly. Okay, what's Easter? Easter. Yeah. Good Friday. I have a general Je- idea of what it is. Okay, Jesus died. Mm. All right, Jesus, the yeah. God man, fully God, came to this earth, took on human form. Sorry, man. Took on human form mm-hmm. to be your representative so that he could represent you in a courtroom against a holy God. So he's fully God, coming from the Father, representing you as a human being to accomplish a mission. And the mission was to pay the fine for your sins. 
you got a debt with God. You've broken his laws. You deserve to be punished by God because you've sinned against him. And it's a big deal because he's high and he's holy and he's perfect. So he sent his son to take the punishment that you deserve. The good man being punished for the bad man. The just man dying for the unjust man so that your badness can be credited to him and his goodness can be credited to your account. So that you, if you will respond to the gospel by repenting, which is a biblical word that means agreeing with God. He exists. He's perfect. I've lived my own way. I've sinned against him, and I'm sorry. And you turn from your sins, and you put your trust in his son, the Savior, Jesus. He says that he will forgive all of your sins, grant you everlasting life because of what Jesus did on your behalf. That's the good news of the gospel. And you reject that, I'm guessing. I don't know. It's Maybe if I was there when Jesus was there and I saw what he did and experienced it. Okay, here's, here's, here's maybe one last thought for you. If what I just shared with you is true, that Jesus Christ, God himself, died for you, can you think of an act that anybody has ever done for you that is more kind than that? Fortunately, I've had a good life so far. Yeah, but nobody's ever done anything that nice for you. Well, it's hard to compare a human who has so many flaws to God's counterpart on Earth. Don't you think? Well, just because it's 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 maybe difficult for me to imagine, it makes an awful lot of sense, doesn't it? I mean, if there, if there is a God and there's a creator of all of this stuff, there's something inside of me that says, I've been living in a wrong way against him. And this is the only story that allows my conscience to not be freaked out when I go to bed at night. And besides that, it's amazingly good news. See, all, all the other world religions, I don't know how familiar you are with Buddhism or Hinduism or any other religion for that, or even Roman Catholicism for that matter, all teaches basically the same thing. God is up there, and you are down here. You've got to do something to get your way to him. Christianity teaches just the opposite of that. He's way up there, we're down here, and there is nothing we can do to get our way there. In fact, all we do is drive ourselves further and further away from him by living rebellious lives. But instead of trying to figure out a way where we can reconcile ourselves to him, he came up with a way to reconcile us to himself. We don't do the reconciling. He does. And that way, it is a gift of God. It's something that he does for us so that he's the one who can get credit. Because, see, if you could do all the good things, Jose, and give away money or discover a cure to an illness and say, that's why I went to heaven, then people would praise you. But you're not God, and God's going to get all the praise. And this plan allows him to get all the praise for saving a bad guy like you. Nothing you do, everything that Jesus did on your behalf. It's uniquely different than any other world system. But then, what's the point of being here? Good question. Here it is. Here's here's the biblical answer. And I don't think you'll find a better answer than this. You are here to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. As good as your sesame chicken is, as wonderful as your life has maybe been, 
and all the experiences that you have had, nothing compares to enjoying God. Nothing. Because he's the best thing there is. And it's finally, our entire lives, living wrong, out of sorts with our Creator, finally brought into a right relationship with him. But there's that first part to it. Do you remember what I said? You're here to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And here's how you glorify God. Okay, there's two ways you're going to glorify God. One of two ways. Okay? First way is the harsh way. Ready? You live your own way. You die your own way. And then God will pay you the wages for what you have earned. Mm-hmm. For all of your sinning or lying, whether it's pornography or uh, being inappropriate with girls, dishonoring your parents, coveting things, whatever it's been, he's going to give you exactly what you deserve and you'll glorify him in hell for forever because he will execute justice on you. And he'll get glorified because he is going to have the last word. He won't forgive me? No. He won't. He'll punish you. But there's another way you can glorify God. You can humble yourself today, agree with him, he's right, I'm wrong, I've been living for myself, I've sinned against him in countless ways, and I'm sorry. And you turn from your sins. You don't become perfect, but you turn from them with a new attitude. I don't want those sins anymore. I don't want to live for him, myself. I want to live for him now. And you put your trust in his son, the Savior. So you repent and trust, and then God says he'll forgive you based on what Jesus did. You will have complete forgiveness of sins. He'll adopt you as his son and give you the heirs of everlasting, grant you the heirs of everlasting life. And then for all of eternity, he can point to Jose and say, if you would like to know how good I am and how kind I am, I saved Jose. The guy who was a sinner, who lied and stole and lusted, I saved him. That's how good I am. And you will glorify him so that he can demonstrate his kindness by saving you. So either way, you'll glorify him. But the second offer is a whole lot better than the first. So that's why you're here. One way or another, you're going to glorify God. Kicking and screaming or surrendering. What do you think of that? That sounds pretty good, but um, I don't... It's all creation of your mind that hell exists. Uh, You'll go to hell if you're bad. Well, it could be. Bad people win sometimes. It could be a creation of their life. But, yeah, I guess then it comes down to figuring out what's true. I mean, I could believe a lot of things. I could believe that you and I are going to spend eternity in Costa Rica. All right. But I can believe that, and I can be wrong. But the question is, what is true? And so you should take a look. You're a young man, but you're a man nonetheless. And you should figure out what's true when it comes to big things like this. Because you've got options. Well, I don't think the humans have the capacity to reach such conclusions. Why not? Because of all the flaws you mentioned. Well, you've got flaws, but it doesn't mean you can't figure stuff out. You figure stuff out all day when you're studying here at Georgia Tech. And this isn't that difficult. This is really simple. What I just shared with you is really a child can get this. So all I can do is ask you to ponder it and just think it through to see if it's true or not. I I do ponder it. Who, let me ask you this, who told you all this stuff before you came to tell me? 
I guess a lot of different people. So you heard it from other people? Mm-hmm. And like you're doing to me now, asking me, and say I was in your position and you were me. No. And you asked me to I ponder. Would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't believe me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't, but you don't have to. So, okay, well, you, you believe yourself, don't you? Yes. What you're saying? Yeah. I, I think you should believe me, but I would say to you, there's there's a better source than me for this. Okay. Okay. okay there's there's three sources I would give you that are better that are more reliable than mm-hmm. me. First of all, creation. It okay. is inescapable that there is a creator. You just you just can't get past it. And as long as there's stuff, there had to be a stuff maker. Second of all, you've got your conscience, that little thing that says, "I'm in trouble." I gotta get this figured out. Something's wrong here. I know that there's a day of reckoning. I've got trouble coming my way. But the third source that's far more reliable is the Bible. Read the Bible. Don't trust me. Read the Bible and see what it says. The Bible is a history book. Okay. History books are biased. So? Doesn't mean they're wrong. The question is, is it right? I don't know. Then you should explore it. Because if it's right... You've got trouble and calamity headed your way. Do you so have a Bible? Um, no. You can get one online, though, right? Yeah. Do this. I mean, you're you're trying to figure stuff out as you go through life. And you can remember this. Your name is Jose. This begins with a J. Look up the Gospel of John. Okay. And just read it. Okay. And see what it says. Okay. Can I challenge you to do that? I'll try it. All right. All right, man. Hey, thanks for the chat. Thank you're you. You're just about out of rice. Yep. And if you get all those pieces up with those chopsticks, I'll be very impressed. (laughs) All right, man. Hey, thank you. Thanks for the chat, Jose. I hope schooling goes well for you. Thank you very much. Okay, see ya. Goodbye. Thank you. This is Wretched. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. While we start in California, where Governor Gavin Newsom is singing the same old tune when it comes to abortion. He's refusing to name any limits on the procedure, apparently believing that it's the only instance where less government is more. (laughs) How convenient. According to Newsom, the issue of abortion doesn't warrant government oversight at all. It's funny, but it's also enough to make you want to cry. I mean, this is the same state that feels like it has to regulate drinking straws. Uh, Switching gears now to The View. Armchair politics are full-on sport, and Sonny Hostin has made some pretty remarkable claims. She insists that anyone who votes Republican is, get this, complicit in school shootings. According to Hostin, your voting habits directly contribute to gun violence. So, uh, okay, so I wonder if this holds true across the board. I mean, honestly, if you say this, then you should also say that if you vote Democrat, then you're complicit in the millions upon millions upon millions of unborn babies needlessly murdered in this country. Blood on your hands, right? Yeah, something tells me her logic stops there. Now talking research, or lack thereof, Ibram Kendi. You remember this guy? Well, his Center for Anti-Racist Research, which was founded in 2020, conveniently enough, has churned out a whopping two original research papers. The center, which employed 45 people, is now scaled back by a third, and it seems like this academic powerhouse has mainly focused on generating opinion pieces and commentaries. But are they government-funded? I did not actually look that up to see if it's true, but it wouldn't surprise me if they are. 
and out of your children. Paw Patrol has now introduced its very first non-binary character, which is also voiced by a non-binary actor because well, that makes a difference, right? Well, anyway, the episode is called The Crew Builds an Observatory. People have been turning off Nickelodeon for a while now and looking for alternatives that don't require a gender studies lecture. Now let's hop the border to Canada, where a recent survey shows that 56% of Canadians are sticking to Biology 101, believing there are only two genders. However, 34% think that's outdated, but not surprisingly that there's a generational divide here. Most men over 34 keeping it pretty traditional, while the younger folks say, huh, well, we've got more options. Uh, yeah, no, no, we don't. You can't change what you can't change, however hard you try. And that's been our latest Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Nahum, whose name means the Lord comforts, brought a message of comfort to God's people and a prophecy against Nineveh. Nineveh was a powerful city, but they were no match for God. He punished them severely for their wickedness. When you see evil or are tempted towards evil, remember that there are only two possible outcomes, repentance or destruction. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hi, have I talked to you before? No, you haven't. Could I ask you a question on the radio while you're sitting here reading something? Okay, first of all, what's your first name, young man? Robert. You're a very polite fellow. Robert, where are you from? I'm from Canton, Georgia. Is that, maybe, maybe that's why. What are you reading? Uh, Diamonds Are Forever. A James Bond movie. Yes. I didn't know anybody was reading those anymore. Yes, just felt to update myself on reading the actual books to compare them to the movies. Yes, well, I've seen the movies. Mm-hmm. I don't read books. I see movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so here's my question for you. This is, this is the big one that I wanted to ask you. All right. All right. Imagine that you could ask God one question sitting on this bench here at Georgia Tech on this lovely day mm-hmm. what would be the one question that you would ask hmm let's see with, um, what would be the ultimate plan for the universe really yes like what's the point yes what do you think it is uh currently I think it's for everybody to continue to better themselves to uh see what people can build of what we have with us today and uh improve what we're given okay so why why do you think that's it why self-improvement or societal betterment why do you think that's the the purpose of life i feel that will establish a uh final final goal for everybody to uh be able to uh improve ourselves and enjoy enjoy lives further as well as give back to uh what we've with what we've been given Mm -hmm. now where do you suppose that concept came from i mean where do where do you get that thinking that we do well to improve society for the next generation. Um, Evolutionary, God gave it to us. What do you think? See, you can look at it from evolution perspective. Even looking back to economics, uh, simple concept that you want to improve yourself that way, um, and then that can tie back into other relations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, speaking along, along those lines, uh, from economics, you can help to develop uh, develop yourself. You're improving both your you're gain, gaining a um, sense of. Uh, well, uh, achievement. Okay, almost like karma is what you're describing. Yes. Okay. Yes. So are you, are you kind of an Indian or an Eastern philosopher? Uh, no, I read uh, 
various philosophies. Uh, I've described myself more of a Machiavellian uh, in terms of philosophy. A that Machiavellian? Follows. Yes. So in other words, you want to be in charge of everything? Uh, well, not necessarily, but I view that a strong strong series of policies is necessary and that self-betterment will be one of our ultimate goals. Uh-huh. And who would you like to have enforcing those policies? Uh, I don't think any single person is capable of enforcing those policies. You're supposed to say you. <laughs> That's the Machiavellian answer. You. Well, yes, you you would work if you was ever perfect, <laughs> uh, which Machiavellian relies on laws garnering what you can do. Uh, yeah, well, so that he's the one who's in charge. Yes, in that situation. He <laughs> felt that he should ultimately be in See, charge. See, that's but. the problem with totalitarianism right there. Yes. It's just the corrupt nature of man. Yes. Do you think that man is basically good or bad? Uh, I believe that man is generally good. However, do within, you really? However, yes, within the terror of being good, we do have a corrupt nature behind it. Oh, wow. Okay, I disagree completely. Okay. Yeah, I think I can prove it. All right. Uh, with you. All right. Okay. I think you've got a corrupt nature. Okay. You ready? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a series of questions. We'll see if we can prove that you've got a corrupt nature. Okay. How many lies in your young life do you think you've told? Uh, numerous. How uh, many? I wouldn't be able to give you a firm number on a that. A lot one. of them. Yes. All course. right. So if I told a lot of lies, what would you call me? What name would you give to me? Well, corrupt. Of course. Mm, specifically, though, considering the issue, rhymes with pants on fire. Liar. Liar, okay. All right, so you're yes. a liar. Can we yes. agree to that? Sure. Okay. <laughs> How many things do you think you've stolen in your life? None that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm not talking about like like credit card fraud. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm from a sibling, from your mom or dad, downloading music, checking into work but not really working, anything that would be stealing. Wouldn't really say I've had any of those experiences. Nothing. Nothing. No. All right. So. Only you know. Okay. How's about How's about being a perfect child where you... Always Johnny in the spot doing everything that you were told to do? Well, not always, no. Uh, uh, Generally, yes. Uh, Of course, times you'll do what you want to do rather than... Don't make me call your mother. (laughs) I'll ask her. Okay, because you were not just like any other kid. You know, you go to McDonald's and you see that kids are just monsters the way they behave Mm -hmm. and stuff. And you were probably pretty much the same, right? All right, a little more more probing. Okay. Your your thought life and your heart. Lusting. Mm -hmm. X-rated thoughts. Mm -hmm. Lusting after women. Have you... Ever done that? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. How many times today? Uh, today, maybe a few times. A few times. Okay. Yes. And how old are you? I'm 17. 17? 17? Yes. You're going to school here? Yes, I'm uh, in the early, early admissions program here. So you're really smart. Hopefully. <laughs> Dude. Wow, so good for you. Well done. So how did you get out of how did you get out of high school that quick? Uh, well, Georgia Tech is a program where they accept people who rank high enough on paper uh, from their junior year of high school directly without graduating. Wow, so I haven't graduated yet. Good for you. Well, that's terrific. Okay, so lusting. So you're 17. So let's say five years, a few times a day. Okay. okay. All right, you're the math guy. Go. What is it 365 times three would be about a mm-hmm. thousand a year times so five thousand times. Yes. Inside of your heart, when nobody was looking, you had thoughts that would be well. Um, Mom and Dad wouldn't be really thrilled to know that their son was thinking that. Right? All right. Okay. So that, to me, sounds pretty corrupt. Well, I'm say, I was told that's still a corrupt um, lining within it. Uh, that general, the majority of the time you're working to achieve uh, your old, whatever you view as your goal. Uh, however, however that goal may be. Uh, okay, that's Machiavellian for sure, what yes. you're describing. But that's still... Isn't that's kind of skirting around the issue of whether you are basically good or basically bad? Hmm. I mean, if you've lusted five thousand times, assuming of course that's a bad thing, and hmm. lied a lot of times, hmm. and dishonored your parents when you were just being naughty, 
maybe uh, coveting, desiring stuff that doesn't belong to you, maybe vulgarity out of your mouth, well, that, that would make you actually not good, wouldn't it? Well, that would mean that part of you is not good. However, I would hold that the majority of you could still be good and that working uh, to achieve what you're tr- working on, really. All right, let's see if we can reason together. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm a criminal and I'm yes. standing before the judge and I've committed 5,000 crimes. Yes. Give or take. Yes. 5,000 crimes. And I said to the judge, but judge, that's just a part of me. Mm-hmm. He's going to say, part of you? You've broken the law 5,000 times. You are a bad criminal. Yes. you got to go to jail. Yes. I mean, I mean, what if I even said, well, but judge, I've done 5,000 nice things. He'd say, I don't care. Sure, you're, you're still a going... a bad dude. You've broken the law 5,000 times. You're times. still going to be punished for the negative things that have happened. All right. Uh, similarly, in life, if you continue to do things that right. would be deemed corrupt. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me drop something on you. You see what you think about this, okay? I think, okay. I think you said if, if you could ask God one question, it would be... What's the point? You yes. know what? What are we? What are we doing here? All yes. right. Let's say you died, mm-hmm. and God judged you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you'd be going to heaven or hell? Um, really not sure on that one. No, uh, I would have to do you've that. broken his laws at least five thousand times. Yes, and he knows everything you've done, every deed in darkness, every thought that you've had, every time you failed to thank him for error. Yes. So he knows that you've broken his laws. What should he do mm-hmm. if he's just and if he's good? Punishment. Exactly. Hmm? So you would be going to... Hell. Dude, horrible thought. Okay. I happen to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. What does Christianity say is your the good news of the gospel? What is the, what is the way that God has provided so that you don't have to go to hell? Essentially repenting for your sin. That's right. Yeah. But there's you, the, the big component, though, the reason that we do that is because of Jesus. Yes. Because he died on a cross. Mm-hmm. The unjust or the just for the unjust. In other words, the good guy dying for you, the bad guy. Yes. He lived the perfect life, kept all the laws, all the rules that you broke, and he kept them. Mm-hmm. He was beaten by men, put on a cross, taking the wrath of the Father on your behalf, so that if you'll repent and put your trust in him, then all of your sins will be forgiven, and God will grant you everlasting life. That's the good news of the gospel. Yes. Okay. Now that fits into, what are we doing here? Because mm-hmm. I think the biblical answer is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. And here's how you glorify God. One of two ways. You will glorify God by living the rest of your life for yourself and breaking his laws. And then he'll give you what you've earned. He'll pay you your wages for what you've done on earth. Yes. Sinning, lying, lusting, porn, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you exactly what you deserve and he'll send you to hell for that. And he'll be glorified because he's going to get the last laugh, if you will. He'll get the last word. You're in hell because you're the lawbreaker, and he's still sitting on the throne. Exactly. Okay. There's another way Mm -hmm. that you can glorify God, and it's a much grander way. You can repent, say you're sorry, and turn from your sins and put your trust in his son, and he'll forgive you so that for all of eternity, everybody can point to you and say, that's how nice God is. He's that kind. He saved that dirty, rotten sinner. That's how good he is. And that yes. is how you can glorify God in this life, is by repenting and trusting his son mm-hmm. so that God can be glorified for being a good God and saving a bad guy like you and me. Mm-hmm. That would be the biblical answer to why are we here. Yes. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yes. What do you do with that? Uh, well, I believe you have to take a reasoned decision on that. Um, you have to look at what you're going to achieve within your life and how well you value that against eternity, really, uh, in terms of would you live your life as you're currently living now, say you enjoy that, and very much dislike your eternity, um, versus live your life 
to that uh, to that standard now and have a blissful eternity and glorify God in that manner. You actually just said something that Jesus asked. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his very soul? Yes. You just kind of expanded that whole concept right there. Mm. So do you believe that, young man? Do you believe that Jesus died for you, a sinner? Yes, yes, I do. Have you repented and put your trust in him? No, I have not. Hmm. So think in time maybe on the bench here at Georgia Tech today. Of course. Something for you to ponder, isn't it? Of course. You're an interesting young man. Thanks for the chat. All right. And you look older than 17. <laughs> Pray for him, would you? This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Hey, thanks for tuning in and listening to Wretched Radio today. And to our gospel partners, I also want to say thank you. You know, you're the backbone of this ministry. Our mission to spread the gospel to millions all over the world rests solely on your shoulders. And as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And that's exactly what you're doing as a Wretched Gospel partner. You're choosing to stand firm with us. And the promise we make to you is to all Always, always, always be faithful with your donations. As a matter of fact, that's something we strive for. We strive to steward God's money as if eternity depended on it. We want to be accountable to our gospel partners because it's your faithful and consistent support that helps us keep the lights on and spread the gospel to millions. To continue standing firm with us, just visit wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Awesome. Some good news, two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. Henry VIII's act of supremacy makes the king, not the pope, head of the Church of England. 
While Henry's concerns were largely political, his Archbishop Thomas Cranmer worked to mold the Anglican Church into a thoroughly Protestant church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I'm here at Georgia Tech asking the question, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? Let's go for a walk, shall we? There's a young man, kind of a Johnny Cash look. He's all in black. Let's go have a chat with him and see if he will talk to me. He's got kind of an anxious look on his face, so I'll tell you that much, and see if he'll have a chat with me, and who knows where we'll end up. Hey, young man, while you're walking, oh, you're going to light one up? I was Go ahead, go ahead. Can I ask you, while you're walking to wherever you're going, can I ask you a couple of questions on the radio? Um, what type of questions? Well, here's my first one. Why do you bang the bottom of the cigarettes like that? Uh, I've never understood that. It packs it and makes them easier to light. Really? Yep. How? Uh, basically, <clears throat> so when tobacco is rolled up in the cigarette, it's rolled pretty much evenly along the length of the cigarette. Yeah. And when you pack it in, it basically just packs the tobacco more towards the, the filter. Yes. And there's like a little edge of paper around the... Ah, so it just catches a little bit better, does it? Okay, thank you for answering. Second question. This is the question I'm asking everybody today. If you could ask one question of God, what would it be? I guess the general mystery of life. What is, uh, what am I supposed to do with my life? What's the purpose of it? That is a, that, you know what, that's actually been a very consistent answer. Just what's the point? What are we doing here? What do you think it is? Um, well, I could honestly say I haven't decided yet. Decided meaning I don't know what I'm going to do for a living, who I'm going to marry, no, or I mean, just what the philosophical answer is? Uh, both. I'd uh, say both. Are you a religious guy? Um, I wouldn't consider myself an atheist, but I wouldn't consider myself religious. More of an agnostic. So God might exist, you just don't know for sure who it is. I prefer... Basically, I don't necessarily like the idea of associating myself with organized religion, but at the same time, I don't deny that. I basically put faith in my own ignorance of that there might be something greater out there. Okay. Yeah. And who do you think it might be? That's a question that I can't even... Million dollar question. All right. So how come you haven't picked Christianity or Judaism or Buddhism? Um... Well, to be honest, I feel like I can live my life being as good of a person as anybody else, any other religious person, without associating with any particular religion. What if, however, you come to the end of your life and this God judges you for everything that you've done and he finds out that you have not been good at all and there's some sort of reckoning for how we've lived our lives and spent our days, then wouldn't it matter? I mean, honestly... You deal with the consequences of your decisions every day. I can't imagine that if it were to come to that point, it would be any different in death. No consequences? No, I mean, I can't imagine, like, you wouldn't have to deal with the consequences of uh, the decisions you've made. Yeah. All right. Let's, let, me, let, me, let me ask you some probing questions. If there's a judgment day, okay. how do you think you're going to do? I would say average. I wouldn't say I'm the, you know, nastiest person alive, but I wouldn't say I'm the most righteous person alive either. All right. How many lies do you think you've told in your lifetime? Lies? Yeah. Um, that depends what you consider to be a lie. You know. You consider, you know, a white lie, you know, small fib to be a lie, you know, a real wrongdoing, or do you consider a lie to be something that actually harms somebody, or that you do to hide a mistake that you've made? I mean, there are variations or kind of 
different types of lies. Um, okay, how's about anything that was intended to deceive or to make yourself look better or to protect yourself? How many times? I'd say quite a few. Okay. All right. What about stealing? Have you ever stolen anything? No, uh, not, no. Not, I mean, not like armed robbery. No, no, no. Like nothing from the most minor thing to... Like as a kid, taking money from your parents or from a sibling, downloading music, being late for work well, but saying you're on time. If you say, I mean, if you say downloading music, yeah, I could honestly say I've done that a few times. Okay. Because it's not so much the, the crime. It's really what's going on in the heart. So 99 cent download... Okay, it's not $99 million, but that's not well, the I mean, it's a you're, heart issue. You're kind of, if you talk about stealing in terms of stealing music, that's a, you know, that really depends on whether you're saying it's stealing in terms of our you know, capitalistic economy, or is it stealing in terms of you know, the religious sense, stealing you know, from like your neighbor. that didn't belong to you. That'd be stealing. Okay, how's about this one? A little more probing. You ready? Okay. Lusting. Looking at women, sexual desires, X-rated thoughts... How many times today? Today? Not really many times today, actually. Really? Been very focused today. Well, good for you. <laughs> okay, nevertheless. So, but you you do it because you're a guy. Yeah, once in a while, I guess do. you have a you know a thought of uh, of that of that nature. Mm-hmm. All right. So, based on your own admission, you've lied, you've stolen, and if you will, committed adultery in the heart. Okay. Okay. So, you die. God judges you, innocent or guilty. It's not black and white. If I were to believe, and there is some God who's going to judge me at the end of you know end of my time, uh, if I were to believe that, then um, I wouldn't say that it's black and white, innocence or guilty. I would say that it's more of a gray area than that. It has to do with you know like you're guilty, you're guilty if you do that and you don't admit that those things were wrong. I'd say that's definitely more guilty than somebody who's done it and admits that they were wrong. Okay, let's take it into an earthly court, which probably isn't even as good as a godly court. But if a criminal said that to a judge, judge, yes, I've, whether it's raped or stolen or whatever, but I understand that it's bad, the judge is going to say, well, that's great, but well, you're that's still a criminal. part of dealing with the consequences. The right. But he's still a criminal. He's still broken the laws. He's still guilty, right? Correct. Okay. So no, no matter what his attitude is, he would still be a guilty criminal, whether with a smile on his face or a sad face, he's a guilty criminal. Uh, correct. I would okay. agree with that. So wouldn't that be the case for you and me if we've broken God's laws and he judges us at the end of our days? Well, no matter what our attitude is, we're guilty. Well, I mean, uh, like I said, that's consequences. And I mean, that's why uh, it's up to him and not up to us. I agree. Okay, so but let's try to imagine what he'd do with us. If you've broken the laws, lusted, maybe blasphemed his name, used his name in a bad kind of way, and we're guilty, then the consequence, should it be heaven or should it be hell? I guess I'll leave that up to him. Well, it would be smart, though, to try to figure out which way this would go for us. I guess you could. I mean, you could spend your days thinking about, you know, okay, how can I live my life in such a way so that, you know, I can kind of uh, already know where I'm going at the end of it. But, um, you know, I I guess I haven't really... uh, I don't really believe in uh, focusing on that goal throughout the course of my life. I believe that... You know, I should try and be the best person I can be. Um, we all falter along the way. We all make mistakes. But, um, but that's our problem right there, that faltering. But that's part of human nature. It's not something no, that... I don't, I don't it's not something. Even if you were the most religious person, the most dedicated person, the most honest person, everybody falters at some point in their I agree. life. No, I agree with you. And so, um, 
but that doesn't get it's it's sort of you know kind of a lame analogy but you're speeding down the freeway and you get pulled over and you point to all the cars that are doing 85 on 85 and you say what about them it's still irrelevant he's got you mm-hmm. and you've broken the laws even if everybody else has broken the laws you're still guilty human nature or not guilt is guilt right yeah that's fine i mean it's it's something you deal with now, did you, as a kid, did you ever go church, religious, temple? Uh, yeah, anything? I was. I was raised uh, as a Christian. Yeah. Um, my okay. parents. What stripe? Uh, Protestant. Yeah. Which one? Lutheran, Episcopal, Methodist. More of like Baptist. a reformed Protestant. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what's the message that they taught you so that you don't have to go to hell? Uh, basically, to um, basically to go to you go to church and if you've sinned you go and you pray and you ask god for forgiveness of your sins basically admit the wrongdoing and ask for forgiveness that's pretty much the whole idea and how is it that god can forgive you because if he just says it would be like a a judge the criminal pleading judge forgive me and if the judge goes okay that would be unjust correct so how um, is it that god could forgive a sinner like you by saying i'm sorry i think uh Okay, theoretically speaking, because yeah. I don't necessarily adhere to all of these uh, right. these ideas, but um, theoretically speaking, I would say that uh, he kind of works from a different standpoint than a judge in a courtroom. Um, a judge in a courtroom has to deal with the facts, what's presented to him. He doesn't have the ability to see your true feelings. Anybody can say and lie and say, oh, I admit what I did was wrong, I regret doing it, you know, like I wish I you know, could take it back, I wish I could undo the, the wrongs that I've done. Whereas, you know, theoretically speaking, a higher power would have the ability to see whether we actually believe those things, to see whether we actually do regret it, to see whether we actually would, you know, go back and do it over. But here's what I'm getting at. If God is just, he can't just hear somebody say, I'm sorry, and say, oh, you're fine, you're good to go. That would be unjust. It would be unjust to himself, and it would be unjust against other people. Sorry, I really have to. You got to go. Okay, you're walking into here. All right. Dude, here's what you should have said to me. Jesus died on a cross to take the punishment for my sins so that my court case could be dismissed. The good man died for me, the bad man, and if I'll repent and put my trust in him, God will wipe my slate clean because of what Jesus did. That's the good news of the gospel. Yeah, well, uh, if you believe that, then I guess it's a wonderful thing. Well, the, it doesn't really matter so much if I believe it. The question is, is it true? You're, well, here, at, you're here at Georgia Tech and you're studying a lot of stuff. Would you maybe do yourself a favor and figure out if it's true or not? Because if it's true and God exists and he judged you, you'd be going to hell. But if it's true that Jesus died for you, he could save you. That's a big deal. It's kind of a life or death sort of affair. So you should at least figure out if it's true or not. Well, I guess that's something to think about. It is. Goodbye. Study hard. Enjoy your physics. Goodbye. How can a kid go to a reformed church as a child and not know that oh pastor i'm pleading with you please make sure that everybody who leaves your church door on sunday morning has jesus ringing in their ear it doesn't mean that the kid would be a christian because he'd heard the gospel loud and clear as a kid as a kid but at least he would know it from georgia tech on witness wednesday until tomorrow go serve your king